This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. Welcome to the Mark Podcast. I am Elizabeth Hyman, and I am here with my co-host, Kelly King. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Elizabeth. It's always good to be back. Yes. um, We're so excited because this week we get to talk about Easter, which we were talking a little bit before we started recording, and we actually recorded an Easter episode for last year, but it is kind of like the lost episode because coronavirus hit, and it just didn't make sense for us to to publish it. So we're super excited to get to talk about Easter this year and even more so because we have a new study with Lifeway Women called Easter, (laughs) Behold Your King. And so we're so, we're super excited because we actually get to talk with two of the contributors to the study today, Amanda Mejias and Paige Clayton. So welcome guys. Hi, thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. Yeah. So y'all both work at Lifeway. So we're going to let you introduce yourselves. And Amanda, you can go first and just tell us a little bit about yourselves and yourself and then what you do at Lifeway. Cool. Well, yep. I'm Amanda. I am a wife and a mom of a spunky two year old little girl. Uh, I live in Gallatin, Tennessee, right outside of Nashville, but I'm originally from Virginia, where I worked on church staff for about seven years before starting at Lifeway in 2019. And I get to serve as the Lifeway Girls Brand Specialist. Um, and I serve girls ministry leaders and parents as they lead their girls through things like our blog and social media, our Bible studies, training, events, all that fun stuff. So I love it. It's been super fun being at Lifeway. You are leading like the future Lifeway women. That's what we like to call the Lifeway girls (laughs) ministry. We like to say they're the little women, right? The little women. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. Paige, what about you? Okay. Well, I'm Paige and I have been at Lifeway 15 years. I just celebrated 15 years at Lifeway. And most of that time I was leading the women's events uh, for Lifeway. And and then just recently, uh, this past December, I transitioned into a, a role of being the author relations specialist, just kind of working and liaisoning with all of our uh, Lifeway women authors. Who, there are many and we just love them so much. And so I'm, I'm thankful to get to serve them in that role. And I also still manage our destination events, which we haven't gotten to do much lately, but hopefully in 2021 and 2022, we'll get to cruise again. So I'm also doing that and just am loving it. So I'm just thankful to to be a part of our big life women family. So yeah, you do, you do such a great job, Paige. And we, we are so hopeful for destination events and just <laughs> yes. hopeful for events in general. And, you know, really it was last year when we did record an Easter lesson, you know, kind of, podcast it it just seems so weird because of the pandemic just we were right in the middle of kind of that start we didn't know Mm -hmm. churches weren't meeting and that was really strange just to not even you know go to church on easter i mean that's just something that we all you know it's just kind of something we do and and so that was different but this is exciting because we have a study this time to kind of prepare our hearts for easter so let's talk a little bit about what you did in this study what you wrote about and maybe something new that you learned so Paige, let's go with you first sure i was given kind of the really um 
man, the anchor moment of, of Easter which, uh, that I consider. So I was so thankful for what was, was asked of me to write about was when um, uh, Mary Magdalene encounters Jesus at the empty tomb. It was just, wow, <laughs> just to revisit. But I've heard it so many times. I've read it so many times. You know, it's, it's the Easter account. It's when uh, they realized that Jesus was had resurrected and the, the miracle had happened and and that he was alive. And it's just, you know, I referred to kind of comparing, I, I wanted to see it with fresh eyes. And uh, I read it many times and read different accounts and read more about Mary Magdalene and her story and how Jesus had had um, delivered her from seven demons and, and all of that. And just how, you know, I tried to like, think, what was that? What if that was me? Like, what if one of my most beloved people of all time had come back from the dead? What would that be like? And I thought about my my sweet dad, who, who I lost 24 years ago, and what if, like, right after he had died, there he was? I would have, I mean, I probably would have fainted, but <laughs> I said that in my wow. study. But but to try to look at it, like, how spectacular that really was, that, and how tender and kind of Jesus, that at the same time he was saving the world, you know, and and when the Father raised him from the dead, and there he is, and yet also he is having a very tender moment with Mary, who really needed it in the moment. So it shows the just the tenderness and the how Jesus just sees us as individuals, but then how at the same time he is saving the world and how amazing he is. I, th- I think that's such a great point of just what Jesus did, like what, how he included women in the story and then yes. to the women. I mean, that is, and, and for us as women today, to prepare our hearts for that is such it really does kind of bring that to mind yeah. and why Easter is so important to us. Yeah. I mean to talk a little bit about the teen, you know, things that you contributed and how we can incorporate those. Yeah, I feel like I got the fun part, uh, but I got to um, write what I'm calling the weekly activities that um, we are encouraging moms to do with their teenagers to help them bring along their teenagers in what they're learning and studying um, through the Easter Bible study. So what kind of recapping the week and helping bring their teen along um, alongside that. So, um, I mean, it was really cool just to, um, I mean, I am so much like a practical discipleship, right? Um, and I feel like this is such an easy way for, as we were talking about Easter, how do we bring along our teenagers? How do we bring bring along our children and how we're preparing our hearts? Um, and we try to make it fun and lighthearted, but also really um, just keep the gospel and the truth um, as the center of each activity. Yeah. And this study is similar to our Advent study, whereas it has activities for adults and teens and kids as well each week, which we love because we hear from so many people who not just moms, but people who are like aunts and, you know, who teach Sunday school uh, with teenagers or kids. And they're like, this is so helpful because it helps like to point uh, to what we're learning as adults and what I'm growing in um, with kids and with teens. So we're so thankful that you took the time to write those, Amanda, um, because yeah. I think I think they're such a valuable tool for our uh, parents and people who lead students and kids to have. And this, would, yeah, this would even be a great study for a mom to do actually with her teen girl. I mean, yeah. like there's you know, teen conversations in here, but this is not 
such a, a study that's so hard or anything like that that you couldn't just, you know, as a mother and daughter, pick that up and do it together, too. Right. I was just going to say, you know, I feel like the number one question that I get from parents and girls ministry leaders is like, you know, how can a parent disciple their daughter? How can a parent mm -hmm. disciple their son? And it's just like, it's just a matter of bringing them alongside your own journey with Christ. And so um, I think the Easter study is just an invitation um, to say, okay, you you want to disciple, you know, your teenagers, just bring them along with what you're learning right now, right here. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love that way of putting it. Kelly, I know that you also wrote for the study. So what did you write? <laughs> oh, wow. I got to, I mean, I'm kind of like Paige, and I think Paige, maybe our our days are really close to each other. I, I was think looking they at, are. Yeah. Yeah. So like you, you kind of did the resurrection and kind of that part, but then my day um, was, is later in the study and it's really about just why is Jesus's resurrection um, matter? Why does it matter that this is important to Christian? And it really, all of Christianity hinges on the resurrection. And so um, I loved, I loved getting to do this particular day. It just kind of took me back and it, thinking about um, what are, why is it such an important part of what we believe and who who actually saw Jesus and and the places that it's recorded in scripture so that was really fun for me too yeah I love that and I actually got to write about the cross which is um, at the beginning yeah. of the study and um, when they sent me that assignment I was like okay okay cool something that I completely understand and am great to explain to other people but it was just um, interesting to study that a little bit and study why why did Jesus have to die because mm -hmm. I feel like we know why he died but we don't understand why he had to die if that makes any sense and so um just looking at the sacrificial system and how god has set that up and how such a we, i talk a little bit about how it's kind of weird that the cross is a symbol for our faith when it was also the means by which our savior died and just so just talking about how that symbol even though it is a symbol of death it's for us as believers it's a symbol of life and so um yeah but the cross wouldn't mean anything without the resurrection so i love that this study kind of ties it all together and it is a way because i i do think um that the whole world it feels like the whole world like slows down at christmas and everybody's celebrating christmas there's lights everywhere there's carols we're like you can hear theological concepts over secular radio through Christmas carols. And so it's like everybody's celebrating Christmas, but often Easter can sometimes feel like it's barely a blip on our radar because, you know, it's spring and we're just like, yay, spring. And, you know, we have graduations and Mother's Day and like all these things which are great and worthy of celebration, but we don't always feel the slow buildup to Easter and the full celebration even though, like y'all said, it is the most important thing about our faith. Um, so how? what are some ways that we can practically prepare our hearts for Easter, maybe similar to the way that we prepare our hearts for Advent? And how is it that sometimes Christmas and birthdays can focus on me, but Easter really does focus on Him? So what are some ways that we can celebrate that and, and shift our focus toward Jesus and His sacrifice for us? That's, that's great. I'm going to jump in real, real quick. Yeah. I was actually raised in a um, more of a liturgical denomination that actually celebrated the season of Lent. And this mm -hmm. is not a, a Lenten study. This is an Easter study. But it does uh, one thing that 
I grew up doing and still do is this practice of in the 40 days before, um, you know, before the resurrection, we celebrate Easter and the resurrection. There is a, a quieting in the soul. There's a even a, a sacrifice of some kind of, of thing you give up, um, a fasting uh, kind of thing that you might do. And I would always um, if I, and I would I would find myself <laughs> turning it into a diet plan. So I had to kind of, you know, I'm going to give up bread. But that would that would also not necessarily draw my heart to Jesus and what mm-hmm. he did. And so for me, so I would I would try to also take on something, take on a, yeah. um, a reading, doing an extra devotional in the evening, doing um, uh, with Jesus, just quieting, you know, doing less TV at night and spending more time with him in the evenings um, as it led to Easter. Um, so and I'm even praying now about what will I do in that in that 40 days uh, before Easter um, and and this that's why I love the study it gives you a chance to to actually be in uh, a study where you are quieting and you're in you're and you're living in those those stories the the true stories of what happened and reliving it uh, again the, the foundations of our faith and it's it is a, a quieting it's very different than um than the like you said elizabeth the, the woohoo of christmas yeah. and the, yeah and the gift giving because there's really easter you know there's some baskets and things that happen but it's not the huge um commercial um right. thing and I, and I think that's good i think we a quieting before jesus to to walk that walk those final days with him before the cross uh, is yeah, yeah. Is so great. And, and I think page two. I mean, you know, no matter what tradition, faith yeah. tradition that you're part of, um, giving up something, fasting is a mm-hmm. biblical concept, and when. I don't know when I've done that during the season before Easter and I've just, you know, maybe given up something and what little sacrifice it is for me reminds me of the huge sacrifice that it was for Jesus. And so it just, it's that constant reminder. And and every time you give up something or you think you want it, or you think that you desire something that maybe it's just, you know, it could be a, a little something like chocolate or whatever, but you just, it, it kind of just takes your mind back to, you know what, that's, that's just nothing compared to what Jesus did for me. And it just, it really does kind of reset our hearts on him. And I know we have a couple of blog posts on lifewaywomen.com that we can link to in the show notes that kind of explain a little bit of the history of Lent and then like some experiences through that. Because like you said, it is something that is traditionally, maybe some of our listeners have never practiced it, but it's, um, it's just about fasting and it's about, you know, biblically preparing our hearts for Christ. And so some people may want to try that for the first time this year, or maybe you celebrate it and, or you, you know, practice that every year. And so it's old hat to you, but we'll link to those blog posts in the show notes. So in case you are curious about how to do that. Yeah, that's good. Amanda, what about you? What are some ways that we can kind of prepare our hearts for Easter and maybe like, what are some ways that we can prepare our families, like our kids and teenagers' hearts for yeah. Easter or help them to do that, I guess I should say? <laughs> I know. You know, and my go-to answer is something like super weird because, for, at least for 2021, because um, usually I would say, you know, how are you involved in church? Well, not every church is meeting this year. Right, right. Um, but um, I know it sounds like a given, but participating in church, that could be online, you know. Um, how are you and your family participating in worship online, um, maybe even in person? Um, but it is that time of year where churches are, you know, kind of 
um, pointing their sermon series necessarily to um, as they're preparing for Easter. But um, I think just prioritizing church um, is as simple as it sounds. You know, we say, okay, well, we go to church every Sunday, but being super intentional um, to get your families involved. And a lot of churches are also like, this is their mission outreach season. Um, I know that the church I grew up in, Easter was a huge time where we got back into our communities. And that could be through giving. Um, You know, we're talking about sacrificing. Um, What ways can your family give this year um, to your church and to your community um, in a way that says, okay, we're we're sacrificing financially. Um, But like Kelly said, the sacrifice doesn't even compare to the sacrifice that Jesus gave. Um, So yeah, I think it's a a position too. So um, about what position are you in? Are you serving? Are you giving? Um, Are you worshiping? So I really like that. And I think that um, that's something that as we turn to spring, I know my church is doing a, a big emphasis on our on our literal neighbors. So like who is in the houses nearby my house? And so I think the spring is a perfect time to do that because you are kind of out and about a little bit more. And so right. um, maybe you can. I know I know I'm going on more walks during a pandemic and maybe yeah. other people are doing the same thing. So it kind of creates opportunities to see and know our neighbors and definitely we can share the love of Christ with them that way. Um, another thing that's in the study that might be helpful for leading like maybe if your family has a devotional time or something like that is we have a 40 day reading plan in the back mm-hmm. um, and you know, you may want to read through these ahead of time before <laughs> reading them out loud to your children, but um, just to anticipate some questions they might have. But it's like pretty short passages most most days. And so I think that could be an easy way to incorporate this into your family life is to just kind of read the passages. And if you have teenagers, maybe everybody reads them on their own and you discuss it over, you know, dinner or during your drive time or something like that. Um, and it actually the way that it's set up is to where you hit Easter on the third, on the fourth part. So they say to start the reading plan 30 days before Easter, even though it's a 40 day reading plan, because it kind of like concludes after Easter, if that makes sense in the biblical timeline. So, um, but anyway, I wanted to point that out, that resource out, because I think that's a thing that can help us with our own hearts to just read through scripture, but also help with family time, pointing everybody's hearts toward Christ. And, and not just great. family time, but like there's a there's group guides in the back of each week. So if you're leading a group of women, and you know maybe you want to do this as a Bible right. study with a group, and yeah. you could do that too. So and I love that you talked about your neighbors. I, I do remember last year because we really were kind of in lockdown mode at that point, and yeah. I remember walking with my husband and getting to know our neighbors just a little bit better. And I, I remember on Palm Sunday, I. And, and probably this was maybe a little selfish because, you know, I was just, I don't know, I was just craving donuts one Sunday morning. But I went and I i bought donuts for my neighbors and just put them on the doorstep, you know, and just it. said, hey, we're thinking about you. And and if you need anything or if we can help you with anything, let us know. And they just thought that was like over the top. And I was like, it's a, you know, it's just a dozen donuts. It's really not that big a deal. But there are things we can do. So, you know, I was thinking, you know, Paige, um, you and Elizabeth are both single. And a lot of times when we have holidays, we think about family traditions and what we do as activities together. But uh, we have a lot of listeners who are single. So what kind of maybe traditions or activities um, have you incorporated into your life? Maybe if you're not with your family for the holiday, what are some things that, that we can do? 
Well, Elizabeth, you want to hit that first, or you, <laughs> uh, you go for it. I feel okay. like you you have practice Lent, and so maybe you have yeah. some um, regularly, so you may have some traditions. Well, actually, my normal tradition is is really going, my brother lives in Charleston, <clears throat> South Carolina, and so I'd normally go uh, down and do Christmas, sorry, Easter, <laughs> Easter with them every year, because I don't see them usually at Christmas, so I go down, and it's all, I get to go to the beach, and I get to, but they have a wonderful, um, their church does a wonderful outdoor service mm-hmm. at, a, at this plantation on the water, and it's very evangelical outreach, actually, and, they, and everyone can bring their people, and it's, it's just beautiful tradition but last year I do want to go back you were talking about neighbors and I want to speak to that as a, as a single person last Easter was I, I don't know about you Elizabeth but, Elizabeth, but it was tough because I couldn't mm-hmm. go see family um, I'm, it was pouring down rain in Nashville yes Nashville was it was the wettest nastiest morning and I'm sitting there selling this is so I mean the Lord was just so tender to me that day and it really is about him and so it was just I could just cry talking about it so I'm sitting there on my couch in my pajamas probably just with my Bible, just having a, trying to have Easter, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I, mean, I was trying to watch the service and my neighbors who were not believers, um, precious friends, um, or, uh, they, uh, came, I, I look out and in the pouring rain is a man coming up the street in a raincoat and a little t- tin. And I think I posted on Instagram, but he, my neighbor is bringing me, um, a, a, a piping hot tin of cinnamon rolls. I oh, freshly wow. iced and baked by his wife. And I just, he, he, I was like, Oh my gosh, I, thank you. You know, opened the door and I got those and he delivered them and then scurried back to his house. And I, oh, and I, and I ate a whole, like, you know, half of the little <laughs> on the spot. I was like, thank you, Lord. You know, it, but it was the sweetest offering of like, yeah. Jesus sees me and he sees I'm alone. And he sent a neighbor um, who doesn't even know him to, to bless me, you know, Easter morning. And, and it just was the sweetest gift and really was sweet to be mm. you know, honest. And, and just, a, a, it just, I don't know, it just really spoke to him. It, was an, it wasn't a, a tradition, but it was a, a picture of, of, of that neighborliness that I think we all, uh, a lot of us grew in, in, in our, uh, in our pandemic, uh, especially in the, in the early days of lockdown. And then also we, I had never had an Easter egg. I don't have children and I'm, mm. um, uh, I have a dog and but I, uh, our little neighbors, we did an Easter egg hunt in the front in all of our yards for our two little, just two little children that are in our little neighbor group. And just the joy of watching them run around and, and I got to, everybody got eggs and hit them and with stuff in them in their yards and, and they went yard to yard. It was the sweetest thing. <laughs> just the and I got to see that as a person who doesn't ever get to see that, you know? Yeah. So it was yeah, it just was, it was sweet. But normally I'm with family because it is, um, that's just, yeah, that's Pam's my jam as, as I say. So. <laughs> yeah, I normally um, will go to church in the morning and then usually there's some sort of family gathering um, that has changed over the years. Um, we used to go to my dad's parents house for a huge easter egg hunt i have a ton of cousins on that side and then um i found the prize egg several years in a row and they told me i was too old (laughs) to participate in the egg hunt (laughs) and we were all kind of growing up and so uh we kind of changed that tradition but i still typically will go over my parents house or something but i had a friend a couple of years ago that had a big easter lunch and it was kind of like a late lunch so that if people did have church or like a family gathering or whatever, they could come over afterward. And I loved that because I do think there's a lot of people that if they 
I live near my family, but there's a lot of people, if they don't live near their family, they may or may not go home for Easter because um, it's it's kind of a different, I don't know, like we've talked about, it's not as celebrated widely as Christmas is. And so people don't necessarily go home for that. And so I really loved getting to go over there and we all just kind of like, it was potluck mm-hmm. and everybody brought stuff. And mm-hmm. um, it was just kind of a way to, to fellowship with each other. And we're all adults. And at the time we didn't have any kids in our group, but um, we still like decorated eggs and we had an Easter trivia game and <laughs> it was a lot of fun. So I think that's something that you could definitely do and if it is not pouring rain you could do you could have a party outside so that would make it um yeah depending on where you live I know we have some people that live like in the arctic (laughs) weather so that may not be possible but uh if you live anywhere where it's warm enough like an outside easter brunch or lunch is a great idea for just including all those people and like you could even have it in your front yard so that your neighbors see you and could um stop by if they wanted to so that would be a great way to to celebrate in view of your neighbors um so they can be invited in so i'm just curious do do any of you have like favorite easter foods like do you have a traditional like ham or is there something that kind of you think of when you think of Easter that is like the food that you usually eat I I know Christmas we do (laughs) I love those Cadbury mini eggs with the hard outer shell shell and then here's a tip and I may have given this tip on the podcast before because I feel like I say this all the time but like if you put them in the microwave for about eight seconds the inside melts but the outside just like cracks a little bit it is amazing. So there's my Easter tip for everyone. Wow. <laughs> the I Cadbury mini eggs. They grunt me out a little bit, but they're delicious. Not the <laughs> not the cream eggs. Not the ones with the like egg in the middle, but the Thank little you. mini okay. ones. Oh my god. <laughs> is anybody a peep fan? Is anybody a fan no of way. I'm not a peep. <laughs> Fan. We um, growing up are we have like a bunch of families from church um, that would do like pranks on each other um, every couple months. And one <laughs> year I, we woke up on Easter morning with thousands of peeps in our front yard, um, oh, which which is great to look at. Terrible as a fourteen year old to have to pick those up out of your yard. That is amazing. So, like, that's my like peep <laughs> nightmare every time I think about peeps. Wow. Um, you have PTSD. I do. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. I feel like um, I'm going to take after Paige's um, tradition and yeah. cinnamon rolls make me feel seen by Jesus all the time. <laughs> yes, so I am yeah. just going to say cinnamon rolls are my go-to for every holiday, but definitely Christmas oh, yeah. and Easter. Yes, and my neighbor has a food, like a food, you know, Instagram page like she is a fabulous uh chef and it was yeah, it was a, a sweet blessing for sure. Everyone should So do my con- my confession about Easter morning breakfast was that one time I did the monkey bread where you you know put the rolls in mm-hmm. o- overnight and then you cook them and stuff and they're yummy, yeah. but they rose really high and they touched the top of my burner and I turned the oven on and I was getting ready for church and. I, no. Vic starts screaming, you know, I think there's something burning and like oh, no. I had a fire inside the oven, you know, pretty much from <laughs> the butter and everything else. Yeah, it was, Very it dramatic. Was the morning. It was, that was my, that was my peeps TSD, but yeah. <laughs> Have y'all ever made resurrection rolls with like the cinnamon and the marshmallow inside the crescent roll? And when you like bake it in the oven, the marshmallow is gone when you 
I have not, but I've seen that, and I think it's a really cute thing to do, yeah. but I've never tried it, so I don't know if yeah. it works. I don't think <laughs> We try to do that when I was on church staff for like the kids ministry once and we were like, oh, this will be such a cute activity. We'll let them roll it, but we'll already have them pre-made. And me and the kids director spent like hours the night before Easter, like trying to bake them. And we could not get the marshmallows to disappear. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> we having to go a different direction, but... Those are a great, fun little Easter activity. Yes, and that's what I was going to ask you too, Amanda, because you have a young kid at home, a little one, and then you also um, are with teenagers and in student ministry. So what are some ways that, what are some like family traditions that either you have or you've seen others practice that you think would be fun for pointing our hearts to Christ in the Easter season? Yeah. Um, so growing up, I uh, my mom had these like what we call resurrection eggs from like the I don't know, they have to be from the 80s or 70s, but they're like <laughs> little Easter eggs that each there's a dozen eggs and it's like the plastic little eggs and inside each one is something. It could be a rock or a stick or, you know, X, Y and Z. Um, and each egg, you open one a day leading up to Easter and inside the egg egg, um, whatever item it is, there's a story that you tell about the Easter story leading up to Easter. So we actually started that even though she was only like 18 months old last Easter. uh, We at least got out our little plastic resurrection eggs with my toddler and just let her play with them. And, you know, we did our best to try to tell a story. You can only do but so much. But I definitely think that's a tradition that we'll keep in our family, Um, especially it's just fun. Like um, my daughter is obsessed with eggs. Getting them out of the refrigerator is like her new pastime. Um, so I think it'll just be fun getting to have the eggs and help her point them back to Jesus, as silly as that may sound. Um, I think it's super practical. And so that's something that we're going to do. Um, and then just for teenagers, I mean, they would probably laugh at you when it comes to resurrection eggs. Maybe some would be down for it. Um But I think it's just, again, just getting them to be able to talk about it over you know, dinner or in the car or just, you know, I think that teenagers are just looking for conversation. Um, You don't have to have a necessarily a cheesy activity to go along with it. They just want you to be real about what you're learning about um, in your own quiet time and what Jesus is teaching you and then serving your neighbors. Um, Invite them to take cinnamon rolls to your neighbors, help them, you know, plant the Easter eggs for the East neighborhood Easter egg hunt. Um, Bring them alongside you um, as you serve your community. That's going to make the biggest impact for teenagers I yeah. was thinking too, like when my kids were teens um and, and I mean this wasn't a yearly thing but there were a couple of times like I bought them new Bibles um for Easter and right. it was a it was a really good time to just um think about maybe there was a, a new Bible they wanted or as they transit especially teens because they're transitioning maybe from a children's Bible to maybe something that's a little more I mean there's a, all different kinds of you know, study Bibles and things like that. But finding something that's appropriate for your teen that helps them grow in their walk, I think that could be a really important, you know, thing for them too. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's and a great I, idea. Yeah, and I think that um, as well, teenagers probably have a lot of the same. Like I was just thinking about this and how even when we talked about what we wrote for the study, how like theologically somewhat complicated Easter is. And maybe that's part of the reason why uh, it's not as widely like, you know, celebrated and like 
you know, because it's just a lot more complicated than Jesus came to earth as a human, even though that is also theologically complicated. But just thinking through like death and resurrection and why that had to happen and all those kinds of things and Palm Sunday and the Passover meal, like it's all very um, theologically heavy. And so I imagine that a lot of teenagers have questions about that, as do a lot of adults. And so I think it could be a fun thing to just kind of be like, okay, tell me what questions you have and then maybe study together and try to figure it out if you don't know the answer. Um, And chances are you won't, because like I said, this is, this is complicated. And I had to look up like, why do we have the cross? I don't know. And so I think that just teaching your kid, this would be a great opportunity to teach them how you study the Bible and how to find these answers. Um, going yep. to commentaries, going to your pastor, asking, you know, trusted Christian leaders like, hey, what do you think? Like, let's see what, you know, this person thinks about this and let's see. And, you know, you can show them your Bible study book and and things like that. So I think that would be a fun thing as well. I mean, fun is a relative term, but like it would be interesting, definitely. And I think they could, I know anytime that I have taught kids anything, it has brought forth a lot more learning for myself as well, because it's like, you have to know it to know how to explain it far better than you just have to know it to, for your own self. So um, I think that yeah. could be definitely something that would be uh, fruitful for you as a family. And I think that it would just be cool, like, to just show your teenagers and your kids just honestly where you're at. Like, hey, I don't have all the answers about, you know, how Jesus resurrected from the dead. Like, I don't understand it necessarily either. Um, But, like, just being transparent with your students and saying, like, we don't have to have all the answers, though, to have faith and to believe and to trust in Jesus. And um, I think that will go a lot further than saying, like, oh, well, I have all the answers and I know exactly how to do everything. Thing. It's cool to say, hey, I'm learning too, and uh, we're just going to do this together and right. figure it out as we go. Yeah, and I think that's definitely part of the discipleship process yeah. is mm-hmm. teaching them how to learn on their own because someday, you know, they're going to be gone from your house and they're having to figure this stuff out. And so um, it is helpful to have those tools in their back pocket um, on how to do that. So the question that we always ask on our podcast is <laughs> – uh, what has marked you in your walk with Christ? So we wanted to make it a little Easter-y. We weren't sure exactly how to do that. So if there's anything, um, you don't, it doesn't have to be about Easter, but if there's any sort of Easter season or Easter memory that you have or something connected with that, that has marked your faith in Christ, tell us about that. If not, that's okay. Just tell us something that has marked you in your walk with Christ. Paige, you can go first. Yeah, I don't. I, I I tried to think about that as it related to Easter. You know, last last the one I already told you that was a marking moment. Yeah, just for sure. Jesus saw me uh, and reached out to me and and loved on me. And but but I think I was mostly marked, and I've I've blogged about this at other times. But I was mostly marked um, during the season of my divorce. Um, mm and separation from uh, my ex-husband and uh, my father had did not have my father and I've, you know in every you know, at every holiday even you know easter christmas all the hol- all the things that felt lonely in that year and a half of separation god just really revealed himself in ways i had never known ex- or experienced and i think i wouldn't go so far as to call it suffering but it was a, it was definitely a a dark very sad and anxious season for me and i'm i'm not a 
thankfully I'm, I got a lot of serotonin going, so I'm a pretty happy person. So that was probably the darkest season of my life. And God came down um, on me with such fatherly love um, and care and, and just in the details, like, I, like he moved me out to this beautiful little farmhouse with a little pork swing and the dog next door would come sit on the swing with me. And there was a horse farm. I could watch the horses run. And there was a creek. I could hear in a turtle, big turtle I found in the creek. Like it was just like this idyllic, spacious place. He brought me out to, to I guess, to soothe me to, I mean, let me beside still waters kind of thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> to, you know, and to, to put a bomb on my heart and help heal my heart, put me back together again. And that I was, and I've always said since that time, I'll, I'll follow him anywhere. Like I just learned more about him uh, and the kind of father he, he is um, than ever, you know, and, and even, you know, you can relate that to Easter, the kind of father who would uh, sacrifice his son that we might have access to him and that, that he is that kind of father. And um, so, yeah, that's what marked me and forever. And all, you know, I'm, th- I'm thankful. It was a hard season, but I'm so thankful that I learned so much about him and his fatherliness in that season. Yeah. And when you think about the cross and you think about Good Friday, it was really the darkest hour. And yeah. so for God to meet us in our dark times, um, yeah. it really does mark us. Yeah. Amanda, what about you? Yeah. Um, man. I, um, growing up, I had just a really sweet church family. Um, I came from a very large church, but we had a very small church family inside that large church. And um, my parents had split when I was 10. And, um, you know, for the first few years, my mom's going back to work. We're getting back on her feet. She's got four kids to feed, Um, you know, Easter baskets and Easter dresses and that kind of thing was not really at the top of the priority list for the budget. Um, but I would say that every Easter was made so special. I never like can remember an Easter without an Easter basket or without a new Easter dress, um, growing up. And it's because my church family came and saw us and loved us and, and never made us be like, Oh, like, you know, you're, we're just, you know, this is our pity project for you. Like, no, like they just truly loved us. And, um, these, I mean, these people are ladies that I still love and talk to on a weekly basis. Um, they were my Sunday school teachers. And so these were the women that they marked me, but it was, um, it was the way that, you know, that Jesus saw me, um, just like Jesus saw Paige with the cinnamon rolls. Um, like Jesus saw me through, um, the body of Christ and the people that came and ministered to my family, um, during those Easter seasons. So that's, that's what came to mind. I love that because it it really is the picture of the body of Christ. And, you know, sometimes we use that phrase that we are the hands and feet of Christ. And when you think about the cross, um, the hands and feet of Christ were were scarred and and pierced. And that sometimes God, even in our, you know, difficult times, uh, that that's when he meets us right where we are and wherever we need. And he uses people to to accomplish some of those tasks. So that's that's a really amazing, both of your stories and yeah. both of just how God has met you at different times. That really is marking us and, mm-hmm. and continuing and and continues to mark your lives and and how you want to serve him so we just appreciate you guys jumping on here today and talking about the study and we really do hope that our listeners will check the study out and and purchase it and because we really are easter people like we that Mm -hmm. this is what we hinge our our christianity on any final thoughts elizabeth before we take off um 
No, I was just going to say that the Easter study will have a link in the show notes, but it is called Easter Behold Your King. Um, And if you start the study on March 1st, it means that you will finish just on time for Easter. So um, you can start it whenever, of course, it doesn't have to. It doesn't even have to be a study that you study around Easter because this is the reason for our faith. And so it can be uh, studied at any time. But if you wanted to do that leading up to Easter, you can start it on March 1st. That's kind of the timing. But it's a five-session Bible study Um and so we would love to have you join in. Um, and I'm sure Lifeway Women will have some fun things going on on their social media. So f- make sure you're following them. And um, yeah, happy Easter, everyone. I know it's a little early, but let's let's start celebrating now since yeah, it's such right. a big let's thing. Celebrate yeah. Easter, that's for sure. And we'll have links to the study in our show notes too. So thank you, thanks again for joining us, Paige and Amanda. And yeah. um, it's just. It's, it's a joy to get to, to work along beside you all and, mm-hmm. and support one another and what we do at Lifeway. And um, we're thankful for our listeners. And we are so glad that you join us each week. And we hope you'll be back next week. Talk Bye. to you then. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag MarkedPodcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at LifewayWomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time.